Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today. This is Friday, June 11th. And if you're here for the first time, make sure you do hit the the um, subscribe button. That helps us a lot. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Hit the notify button. Share this with a friend. Leave a comment. I always like to know where you're from. And so welcome. And if you're returning day by day, a special welcome to you as well. We believe being in the Word of God every day makes a difference. And we've been handling, we've been talking about how to persuasively answer objections to the faith. And uh, we've, we've been, the Bible says that we want to make, a wise man makes knowledge acceptable. The Bible says that we want to add persuasion to our lips. And we want to learn how to be effective, not only just in having an argument with somebody about what's true, but we want to win the argument. We want to win the person. And so we want, we've been talking about how to do that with what, we, what, what I've named the FFDPQ method. So hang around. If you don't know what that is, you'll find out soon. Today's objection, and it's very, very um, often on campus, I will hear people say, they'll walk by and they'll say, I believe in science. I don't believe in God. Now, I've never heard anyone say the opposite. I have never heard anyone say, I believe in God. I don't believe in science. And there's, there's uh, quite a bit of implication that if you don't believe every scientist, you don't believe in science. And I've often thought, you know, I, I don't have no problem with science. It's some scientists I have a little trouble with, though, because they have their biases as well. They have their world, their world perspective, their world view. And, and somehow, sometimes the way they interpret data is affected by their morality, their biases, their worldview more than they realize. However, what do you say to the person who says, I believe in science, I don't believe in God? Well, using the FFDPQ method, what we would say would go kind of like this. I can see why you feel that way. Others have felt that way too until they realized that science is only effective in discovering truth about the physical world. But you believe there's more to life than just the physical world, don't you? That's how I would say it. Science is only, now I, actually, technically I made this the FFR. I use the word realize instead of discovered today. But I can see why you feel that way. Others have felt that way too. But until they came to realize there's more to life than just, that science is only effective in discovering truth about the physical world, but you believe there's more to life than just the physical world, don't you? Now, I'd ask that question in such a way that I hope they would say yes. Sadly, a lot of people would say no. They think really all that there is to life is the physical, and that's not true. You know, what is science? So we think about how to answer or how to enter into a discussion with a person on this. What is science? Well, science technically means the pursuit of truth, the pursuit of truth. It used to include all truth. This is why in the King James Version, it might say uh, there's a couple places where it uses the word science instead of knowledge, but it science is knowledge or truth. It used to be that the queen of all sciences was known as, do you know what it was? Theology. Long ago, as a matter of fact, not too long ago, the queen of sciences 
was theology because people believe that theology tied together all the other sciences. Theology, uh, the, the truth that came from God, that the natural world came from God, that all knowledge ultimately came from God. And so the study of God in theology would have been the ultimate science. And I often tell people, you know, when they say what, you know, I often say on campus, I'm a theologian. I major in the study of God. Biology is the study of life. Uh, zoology is the study of animals. Geology, the study of the earth. Theology is the study of God. I major in the study of God. And you and I, we ought to all be theologians, studying and experts, getting to know, discovering, studying the Almighty. Every person should be a theologian. But in time, and so back then, the, the science would have been the study of God's creation. If you would have defined it, this is the way I still try and define it when I'm on campus. What is science? It is the study of the world God made, the search for truth in the world God made. But it's, it's, become, it's been, become dominated by a different worldview. And that worldview is a worldview of materialism. Materialism basically says that, that the material is all that exists. What you can see, smell, taste, touch, feel, that's all that exists. There's nothing else but that. And so that, that excludes by very definition out of the realm of truth. It excludes by definition the spiritual or the existence of God. And so science, what we say, modern day science, and it's based on, shall we say, the scientific method, hypothesis, observation, conclusion, so on. The modern day understanding of science is great if you're trying to find out how chemicals interact with one another, or how to build a building, or maybe how to, uh, uh, you know, deal with some sickness or something like this with a medicine. But it's wholly inadequate. It's completely inadequate in some of the most important things of life that are not material, that aren't physical. Love. How does science deal with love? Do they feel it's not important? Is it not real? You can't touch it. You can't measure it. You can't go down to the store and say, I'd like to buy three pounds of love, you know, at the deli or something like that. You can't, it, it's not tangible. But do they mean to say it's not real? Justice. You can't measure justice. You can't uh, scientifically examine justice in the sense of like you could uh, a, a chemical or something that's physical. It's not, a phys it's not something that is physical. How do you study that? But it, you can't, not, not in the modern definition of science. But are they saying justice is not real? How about morality? Indeed, can morality, is it, if, if, if the modern definition of science doesn't include morality, and consequently, we've become, as science has been elevated more and more and more, and this attitude, I believe in science, I don't believe in God, science, the physical, the material worldview has been elevated, and the spiritual has been uh, devalued, depreciated. Look at how we become immoral. Look at how moral standards have been abandoned altogether. And then how about ethics? How about ethics? As materialists take control, uh, 
ethics go out the window. There's no basis for ethics anymore. There really isn't. So two things I'd like, two observations I'd like to make as we, uh, one observation, then a story I'd like to tell you. One observation is that as we, as we become materialist, the person who says, I believe in science, I don't believe in God, they lose their soul. I was at the University of North Carolina several years back, and there's a student there who uh, either, either is pre-med or he's in med school. I think he was already in med school. And he was out there and he was interacting with me and challenged me. We were talking about evolution, creation, and so on. And he was a materialist. He believed all there was. And he was straightforward. He believed the physical was all there was. There was nothing else. I pointed out to him, I said, well, you know, if that's the case, you, you lose what makes you human. You, you lose your ability really to appreciate beauty, to love, to, to, to have morality and ethics. You really become nothing but a machine. And as eyes lit up and he said that's exactly right tom we are nothing but machines but we're such an awesome machine we're such an incredible machine there's never been a greater machine than the human being but yes we're only machines how sad how sad machines can be done away with machines ultimately have no value machines he's he's lost what made him a human being made in the image of God, different than the animals. What animal, I asked him, what animal builds a library, writes a book, composes art, uh, composes music, uh, does art? What animal stands by the, out at night and gazes into the starry sky and is struck with awe? What animal stands at the seashore watching the waves come in and, and has thoughts of eternity and so on? What animal worships? There are none. You never see an animal on their knees in prayer. No, these are human qualities and they're, they're what distinguishes us, makes us human. It's our spirit. It's our soul. And so the person who says, I believe in science, I don't believe in God, whether they realize it or not, they're on the path of sacrificing their soul. And I'm talking about more than their eternal soul or more than going to hell. I'm talking about what makes them really human. Indeed, they're on the path to becoming nothing but a machine. And when we become nothing but a machine, what's in the future? It isn't good. It's not pretty. Which reminds me of a story I'd like to finish with here before we go to prayer. So I was at Texas A&M University, and I know I've got some uh, Aggies here that are online with me, but I was at Texas A&M University oh, 20, 25 years ago. And uh, there was a... Uh, uh, a uh, microbiology professor who was out there and he, he was debating with me. First day, probably two hours, he was entering, he was challenging me, my beliefs on creation and why evolution's true and why creation's not. We went back and forth quite a bit. The second day he stood out there, he didn't say nearly as much, but he, he was right in the crowd and he, at different times he would, he would speak up and challenge me. The third day, he stood there all afternoon, and he stood off at a distance. He wasn't part of the crowd, but he watched from a distance the entire afternoon. When I finished, I, he wanted to talk, and everybody left. I was there alone. He wanted to talk to me, and he and I was like, okay. He said, Tom, I'm worried about you. Really, why? He said, I'm afraid you're going to turn kids off to science. I said, oh, I'm not against science. I am just not, don't believe in evolution. He said, no, no, I'm not going to argue with you because I won't persuade you, and you're not going to persuade, persuade me. 
But here's my concern. He started by telling me that up in his lab, and he pointed to where it was right nearby. He said, up in my lab, last week we, he said, we spliced the DNA of a black widow spider into, a, into wheat, the DNA of wheat. I didn't know what that meant, so I didn't look too concerned. He explained to me, he said that theoretically, that meant from his little lab right up there, theoretically they would have the power to poison the wheat supply of the world with that, with that process, just his little lab. And then he said, and so I was a little nervous when he told me that. And then he said, Tom, I want to tell you, most people in my field, he said, I've been teaching here 25 years. Most people in my field are in my field for the money or the power. That's what drives them, money or power. But there are good kids that come through this university. The good kids are driven by their ethics and morals. And the good kids are the ones that listen to you, he said. And then he said something very, very significant. He said, Tom, I'm afraid what's going to happen to our world if the good kids leave this realm of science. There's too much power here. Too much, it, it, it can be misused. We need the good kids in here. Not just the people driven by money or power. Well, I sometimes have thought, I've thought a lot about what he said. And indeed, I often tell good kids who are gifted and talented in any field, go into that and be a leader. If you're gifted, talented in the realm of science, you go in there and you become a leader in that. Maybe you should become the next Dr. Fauci. Maybe you should become the person, a person who fears God, honors God, is driven by moral standards and ethics and a fear of God and a love of what's true. And you're not driven by money and you're not driven by pride and power, maybe we need you to be the ones making the medical decisions that are affecting our entire world. Because I don't know, for instance, where Dr. Fauci stands with God. I've, no, I've, I've seen nothing about it, which might be telling in and of itself. But sometimes I think these people who say, oh, I believe in science, I don't believe in God. Wow. In light of that conversation with that professor at Texas A&M, I sure don't want those people to have power over me. I sure don't want people who think like that to be making our decisions about what's right and wrong, about freedom, about the value of human life, human dignity, about all these things. And indeed, we are facing this now. As you know, in this last year, if, if I hear one more person say, follow the science or I'll follow the science, I'm going to pull my hair out. What I've been trying to say is, and again, nothing wrong with science. I'm not sure I believe, with all, I believe all the scientists, but nothing wrong with science. But certainly our culture, our country has made a resounding statement that when faced with tragedy and difficult and hardship, we're looking to science to solve it. I wish we had more days of prayer. I wish we had more times where our, our nation was called upon to fast and pray and seek God. I wish there's a greater repentance in our land because it's not one or the other. We trust God to, to guide scientists to make wise discoveries and so forth. And many of the great scientists have been Christian people, you know. But we don't exalt science over God. God is the one, the ultimate because we, we value, though we value the human, and the, excuse me, the physical, 
we see as humans, we are more than physical. We have a spirit, a soul that will live forever. And we value that above all else. Amen. So when a person says, I believe in science, I don't believe in God. What do we want to do? We want to turn the conversation to, well, is there, a, is there more than the physical? I can see why I feel that way. Others have felt that way too, until they realized that science is only effective in discovering truth about the physical world. But you believe there's more than just the physical world, don't you? Because there certainly is. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are the king of the universe. We acknowledge that you are the creator of all that there is, seen and unseen. There's that, that you are the one who made life, the planets, the earth, the elements. You're the one who, you, you understand the physical world of physics and biology, and you understand all of life, chemistry. You understand it all because you created it. You made it. And Lord, we stand in all, our greatest minds are only discovering what you made, what you came up with, what you created. Lord, we stand in awe of your mind, your creativeness, your, your, your creativity. We bless you and praise you with all of our heart. We think, Lord, of how we live in a world where people want to deify science as if science has all the answers. And Lord, it's because they want to, it, uh, these people, it's like they want to X you out and say that all that exists is what can be seen and smelled, tasted, touched. And all that there is, is what is physical. And there is no more than that. There's no unseen. There's no spiritual. Practically, they're saying there is no God. We, we reject that thinking. We reject that thinking. We, we exalt you and we say you're the ultimate. We worship you as the one above all else. Though we can't see you, we love you. We pray, open the eyes of our heart to see you with our spiritual eyes. Open our ears to hear you with our spiritual ears. Might we taste and see that the Lord is good. Might we sense your presence and feel your presence, Lord. Might we have the sweet aroma of Christ in us wherever we go. Might we, might we be people, spiritual people above all else. We do pray, Father, for our scientists. We thank you for the work they do. We pray that none of them would be so blind and so arrogant as to discount you and to reject you. We pray, Father, that the people who, if anyone ought to believe in a creator, it's those who study these intricate details that could never have come about by chance. Lord, professing to be wise, many of them have become fools for they've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Help these people, Lord, to have eyes that are open, ears that are open, and to come to salvation. We pray for a great revival, a great turning to you amongst those who are experts in the realm of science. I pray today, like I said to that professor, I pray today, Lord, Christian people, the good people, and that's what he called us, the good people the good kids. I pray, Lord, you would raise them up to be great leaders, Christian young people who become experts and great leaders in the fields of scientific fields, the entertainment field, the, the business community, the educational world, and in our government and politics, Lord. We ask you to raise up great, mighty people, not just in the church and the family, but in all these areas of culture. We pray for these things. It'd be a mighty miracle, Lord. But you did it with Daniel in a time that no one would have ever imagined. How could, how could one of those Jewish kids 
excel in the Babylonian world. We ask you, Lord, to repeat that with Daniel multitudes of times in our country. And we affirm you and we bless you and we love you today. We worship you, our God, with all of our heart. And we pray these things. Help us to effectively and persuasively share your truth, even when we encounter this objection of science. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me. God bless you. I hope you've been enjoying these last two weeks as we've been doing the FFDPQ. These have all been theological issues. I know some of you have requested from me that I address some social issues. What would you say to the person about abortion, homosexuality, race, things of this nature? And so um, I'm working on those and we'll see if we've, we may move into that next week, some of those issues. We'll see. But uh, meanwhile, tomorrow, I hope to see you, and I'll be right here at 8.30 a.m. And remember, you can also hear this on a podcast. Uh, someone just told me yesterday they had no idea I was doing a podcast. They'd seen the videos. They didn't realize it's a podcast. So I remind you, uh, you can find me on Spotify, Apple, and Google podcast platforms. If you can't watch the video and you want to listen while you walk or or while you are driving or something, you can also download the podcast and hear it there, okay? God bless you. I love you guys. So glad that you're along. You have a great day. Make it a great day. Walk with the Lord. His favor's upon you today. He's gonna bless you today. Expect him to. We serve a great God. Remember, if God is for us, no one can ever be against us. Doesn't matter who's against us because God's for you. You have a great day. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.